After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, uh, We will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of many large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Be my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wished. But when you grew old, you stretched out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, Follow me. So, Easter happened. You know, Good Friday happened. There was a uh, death on the cross. The, in John's gospel, they ran down to the tomb and uh, found that it was empty. And then as we recorded last week, Jesus appeared to them in the upper room 
and breathe the Holy Spirit into them. And I imagine, it, it's, I, I'm kind of picturing the guys standing around, you know, three years or so of chasing around with Jesus, getting in all kinds of trouble with the law, with the religious leaders of the time, going, you know, from place to place, giving up their, their jobs, leaving their families, seeing, you know, it was a roller coaster ride, seeing incredible miracles, but then finding that the, the kind of Messiah Jesus is isn't quite fitting the picture they were having, and then coming to Jerusalem, only to find that everybody had, uh, all the things that they were hoping for weren't going to happen. Jesus is arrested, and this freaks everyone out to the point that Peter just denies Jesus altogether, denies ever knowing him or, or having any kind of relationship with him. And then the tomb is empty, and Jesus appears to them. Thomas doesn't believe it at all, and they're all trying to make sense of it. And finally Peter says, you know what? I'm going fishing. And they all say, you know what, we're going to go with it. <laughs> and I can really relate to this, this desire in the midst of the chaos and the bedlam and the mayhem and the uncertainty and the roller coaster ride that is life and faith and the world we live in to, to just stop and say, to heck with it all, I need to get away and just go out and do some fishing. Boy, I bet, and they weren't catching anything, but I bet Peter was just trying his best to just put it all out of his mind and to just enjoy doing what he was raised to do, the things he knows, fishing. And he stripped down, says he was naked, but I'd rather you picture him in a loincloth or something, because that, that <laughs> but... But uh, anyway, they're out there, they're working hard, just not thinking about it. But I think we can, we can testify here at First Baptist Church. We can all testify to the truth that when you have been touched, when, you, when the words of Jesus have spoken to you, when you have been touched, by the Messiah, when you have been healed by the Savior, when you have been called out and redeemed and forgiven by God through Jesus Christ, you can never go back to who you were before. Amen. You can never go back. Peter may have wanted to go back and just be a fisherman and forget the whole thing ever happened, but it wasn't going to happen. Because you cannot go back. Once a butterfly has gotten its wings, it will never be a caterpillar again. Amen? And Peter and the disciples and everyone who had been touched by Jesus Christ had become butterflies. And they're trying to make sense of it all. And they may think there's some going back. But there's no going back because they have been transformed by Christ.
And even when they try, if they're not successful, they heave their nets out all night long. And Jesus comes up on the shore and says, How's, how's the fish? You know, if guy, if people who fish, this is, this is like the litany for fishing, right? You come across another fisherman, what do you say? You getting any? <laughs> Catching anything? And then you want to know what they're using, if they are, you know, what's the bait they're using, right? But Jesus says, you catching any? No. <laughs> and Jesus offers a little help. We all know this guy when you're out fishing too, huh? Oh, maybe you should fish over there. <laughs> They've been hitting all day over there. And he shows you his string of stuff he cut on marshmallows. Anyway, and he, so he throws it over the other side. And they catch it. Tons of fish, so much so they can't haul it in. The, the net's ripping. Holy cow, look at this catch. Just on the other side of the boat. They felt stupid. But uh, the reality is, here's what John is trying to get at. They try to go on with their lives. They try to move on and do, do their thing. But they're only successful when they follow the leading of Christ. Amen? They're only successful when they're following the guidance and direction of Jesus. Why? Because they had given their lives over to Jesus and they will never be the same and there is no going back. Amen? This is why I love baptizing young people. When, when young people get baptized, uh, I, I love to get them right about... You know, when I, if I can catch them at like 14, 13, 14, maybe 15, then I, I get them at a really good time. They're, they're, ripped, they're ready to go. They're ripe. They're ripe for the picking. And, I, and if I baptize them at that point, then they go on into high school and they get all full of angst. You know, angsty. We can, we can see it here. A little bit of angst. <laughs> And, you know, they're kind of down in the world. And then they go to college, and they, they know everything. And, you know, there's all the reasons why church doesn't make sense anymore, and why they don't, they're not even sure they believe in God, and all this kind of stuff. What I love about the, the, bat, the act of baptism is it's so dramatic. You get all wet out in front of everybody, and, and you know, you have to, you have to come forward and, and tell everyone you want to be baptized, and it's this it's a really big deal and if i can if i run into them while they're in college and they're all skeptical about jesus and god and what it's all about and all that if i could just get a hold of them once in a while when they're in college i can say you know what i know you're going through stuff right now but do you re i want you to remember how real it was that day when i dumped you under the water and you said, I'm committing myself to following the teachings of Christ for the rest of my days. And I can remind them of that day, and it's such a dramatic thing that they will remember that day. And they will remember that they can't go back. That they were transformed by Christ. And who they are today is because of who Jesus is in them. Or because of, of who Jesus has shown them to be. Shown them the, their real selves. And sometimes they remember. 
And then when you start having kids, they come back to church because they want their kids to be raised right. <laughs> right? That's when we get them back. But there's no going back once we've been transformed by who Jesus is in our lives. And, and Peter here feels the truth of it as Jesus says, you can't go back to fishing, basically. I need you to be a shepherd instead. Now, of course, Jesus told Peter he was going to be a fisher of people. And uh, some, you know, if we look at this, we can see that symbolism here as Peter tries it on his own power and catches nothing. And when following Jesus' instruction, catches a whole bunch of fish. But now Jesus kind of switches it up on him and says, I want you to be a shepherd. If you love me, and Peter assures him he does. Oh, yes, I do, Lord. I do love you. If you really love me, Peter, if you have been touched by me, if you have been transformed by me, if you owe me a debt of any kind, if you are so thankful and grateful for me, feed my sheep. Do you love me, Peter? Oh, yes, Lord, I love you. Then tend these sheep. Do you love me, Peter? Lord, you know I do. Why do you keep asking me that crazy question? You know I do. I said it. I promise I do. Then if you love me, the only way you can show me that is to feed my sheep. As transformed people, as people who can never go back, as people who have been touched, even maybe in a little way, but if you're like me, it's been in a huge way. But those of us, even if we've been touched in a little way, there's no going back. And what is left for us is to feed and tend the sheep and to live in to that transformation that Jesus brought us to, to live in to that salvation that we have experienced having come to know uh, the teachings of Jesus as being transformational, uh, to live in to that kingdom of God that Jesus lived for and died for and rose again for to live into it and to feed the sheep. This is a perfect text for uh, capping off the 30-hour famine where the point of this is to get in touch with hunger but then to be empowered to feed that hunger. These young people experienced hunger but they also felt what it's like to feed that hunger. To satisfy hunger. We're all called to that. And maybe we thought we were something else. I made a joke. I, went, I was in the hospital yesterday with my dad in the emergency room. And it's my family's way to sit there and make a lot of jokes while things are going on. And I made a joke to my mom when she observed the doctor that came in and was real impressed with the doctor. I said... I said, well, I could have been a doctor. <laughs> Except for 
uh, except Jesus ruined all that. <laughs> I could have been a doctor. Jesus came along and ruined that for me. And you know, I was joking around, but you know what? It's true. <laughs> I could have been something else. I could have been, I don't know what, ditch digger or, you know, perfectly happy longshoreman or something. Uh, working retail somewhere. Or a doctor. But Jesus transformed me. And for any of us who have been transformed, the only vocation in the world is to feed the sheep. Some like me, I get to do it as a profession. But we all have that calling and that vocation to feed and tend the sheep. That's what that's what Jesus' love has called us to. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we thank you that you have called us to such a time as this, to such a task as this. Give us strength. Give us wisdom. Give us courage as we embrace our vocation as transformed people to feed this hurt and broken world the bread of life, and the cup of redemption. We ask all this in the precious and powerful name of Jesus. Amen.